0: Welcome to a live edition of the Deep Look Podcast. I'm Charlie Eisenhower joined by Keith Rayner. Normally, Keith, we get to do this live and in person, but it's not going to happen this time because we uh, are not yet together. You're not in Milwaukee yet, and I am in Milwaukee after uh, the D3 championships. So we'll have to make do doing it uh, as we usually do remotely.
1: It, it. I don't know what's usual anymore. Does anyone <laughs> even know what, what what's usual anymore? I, I don't know how many. what is this? Uh, uh, we've probably done like four of these as live shows or something like that. Uh, I do miss the days of being like in in the house in the thick of things. It used to it, when we first started. It would be like, you know, people were literally arriving for the tournament behind us. Uh, so you had kind of like a menagerie of voices behind you, and uh, it was kind of a cool environment, but. We're we're maybe a little more buttoned up now. I don't know.
0: (laughs) So we've got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, we're going to preview the D1 college championships. But I wanted to start, Keith, with a quick discussion of what happened at D3. Oklahoma Christian in the men's division and Middlebury in the women's division, both going back to back and winning after they won in December at the 2021 championships, uh, some very exciting games this weekend. Uh, I hope you got a chance to tune in and watch live a little bit, Keith. And uh, tons of games already up for subscribers as well. You can catch all of the semifinals online, uh, as well as, of course, the finals available on the Ulti World and USA Ultimate YouTube channels. Are you surprised at all about these teams repeating this year?
1: Not necessarily, no. I mean, I, I think these were clearly favorites. Uh, in both their divisions. You know, I think that Oklahoma Christian, probably uh, a thin favorite or neck and neck, whatever, however you want to handicap it, very close with some of their potential opposition. But they were the reigning champions with a player of the year candidate and a strong cast. I think there were high expectations for them even after what happened at regionals. And Middlebury, the women's division, I mean, they were clear favorites. And in fact, I think they were more challenged than we anticipated
0: yeah, I mean I think Wellesley put up a game on them. Like that that the final was contested for about the first uh, definitely the first half, and I would say maybe the first 60% of the game. And I think finally Middlebury's depth started to chip away, um, as well as like a slightly higher top end. You know, having the best player on the field is very beneficial. Claire Babbitt Bryan was as advertised, tremendous. Uh, But, you know, Wellesley, I mean, what a run they went on to get to the final and then, you know, give Middlebury trouble like it looked at times like they might have a chance to win that game.
1: The uh, the Wellesley went dry. Could you could you say?
0: Don't say that. Uh, That's awful.
1: Look, look, let me (laughs) eat. Let me eat the crow, though. I mean, I, I was a Wellesley doubter. And they certainly proved me wrong. They were on the break in semifinals of, of what still would have been a strong run. You know, making it semifinals pretty impressive, even if it's more or less holding seed. Uh, pretty impressive stuff for a team that you know, wasn't at Nationals in 2021 and uh, hasn't necessarily been a, a dominant team in the division or anything like that. But they had the incredible comeback. I mean, to me, that was like the defining moment of the weekend was coming back from 13-10 with a 4-0 run minus their star player. I mean, just incredible stuff. They come back, they win the semifinal, get the upset, and then they're going toe-to-toe with this juggernaut, Middlebury. I mean, they were a really fun underdog to root for, uh, but just eventually overpowered by t- what is t- just far and away to being the most talented team.
0: Well, so Oklahoma Christian has been the subject of much discussion over the last few days uh, with a lot of people a, a little upset about some of the foul calls, some of the uh, contests on calls. We have already have a comment in the chat about it. But, I mean, it's been a big conversation online uh, about kind of like, you know, whether this team was, you know, villainous. Uh, I, I called the final. I was, I was lucky enough to do play-by-play on the final uh, with uh, OC taking on St. Olaf. And I have to say, you know, as, as competitive a game as that was, and as hard fought as a national final is always going to be, I thought they played well within the bounds of a normal competition. And I have to say, I guess I'm a little surprised at the overall level of anger that seems to be directed towards Oklahoma Christian for some calls. Now look, I get it. You know, some teams are going to be a little bit more prone to making calls than other teams, but I feel like uh, there's more to it than this. And I I, I can't quite figure it out if, if people are upset because uh, this team feels like they're, I don't know, stealing championships by having this uh, scholarship program or, or what it is. But uh, I, I feel like watching the final, at least this was a team that, you know, played hard, maybe made some more calls than an average team, but nothing outside of the realm of normal ultimate. Uh, I think if there's anger to be directed somewhere, I think you have to be upset with the observers for making bad calls. And, and, you know the
1: discourse around this has has evolved somewhat, but to me, there, there's a couple of things at play. One. If you win back-to-back title, you're going to be the villain. I mean, that's, right. That's just how it is. No one's won back-to-back titles in Ultimate or probably any sport and been beloved for doing it. <laughs> it's just not how it works. Uh, you're you're going to be the villain. I mean, look at what's happening to UNC. I mean, they have. For I, I talked about this on the show, but they have every reason to be the the golden child of Ultimate. I mean, they did it from the ground up. Right. Uh, everyone should be thrilled about them putting out a model that anyone can follow more or less. Uh, but they're going to be the villains, right? Everybody's going to be rude. No one wants to watch them win again. It's not interesting. They're, they're already the favorites. Uh, I think a lot of that can be said for OC. And then, you know, once you're with, within that logic, uh, then you can find different pieces of evidence to use in your case and just kind of attach yourself to those. So whether it's the scholarships, whether it's the mercenary vibe or whatnot, uh, you know, you can find your reasons for for disliking them. And, and when I put out that that Twitter thread... Uh, that we've gone over also on the show where it was just kind of like things we should things we should stop doing (laughs) in 2022 and one of them is not realizing the difference between sports hating someone and like actually disliking them and i think a lot of people probably just sports hate oc and that's okay sports hating is like a natural part of sport as long as you can draw the distinction between you know attacking the character of a person and i think some people have lost sight of that you know i think i think that there's been some attacks on the character of OC, and you know some of the some of the calls were perhaps a little bit dubious. I mean, I think there was a pattern. There were some bad calls the in, the, the in the
0: Middlebury semifinal. There's no doubt. But
1: I, what did they? Didn't they finish like second in spirit they score? They did finish second. I think second someone on OC score. said that. So like you know what? How much can you really complain? I I, I know the spirit scoring system was flawed, but usually it's going to show if a team has been you know just. Taking complete advantage of everybody with with bad calls, like that's usually going to be reflected in the sphere scores in the other direction. I mean, they're going to be pretty strong. So, uh, you know, I do think there are some reasons to push back against some of the OC criticism for being willing to help get people to play ultimate that otherwise might not be in the room together. I mean, when other teams form super teams, like it happens all the time in ultimate. I don't, I don't see why. This school can't be a part of that. I, I know there's various reasons people have decided to take issue uh, with OC. Uh, some some a little more legit than others, but I, I just I think people are getting a little aggressive about painting with the broad brush here.
0: Classic. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. let not that, not that we would ever do that. <laughs> let's I just want to let everybody know we are live. We're on YouTube right now. You can get in the chat, ask us any questions that you want. We do have it in subscribers-only mode, which, you know what? I think this is the secret to stopping the spam. No more spam. Subscribers-only. All you have to do to chat is just subscribe to the channel. You don't have to wait. There's no lockout period or anything like that. So uh, just subscribe, and you can chat. Uh, Mags Colvette in the chat asks, Is ultimate especially bad at separating sports villainy from real villainy because bad spirit is such a handy attack on whoever's annoying you right now? Keith, I'll let you <laughs> tackle it.
1: I think that's part of it. I do think ultimate's bad at it, but mostly because everybody knows each other. So like if you have a sports villain, chances are that you're like two degrees of separation away from them. So it like actually feels a little personal for that person to be attacking you in a way that it doesn't. If I'm, you know, out here slandering, uh, Sabrina, uh, i ask you like, if, if I, if I'm going at her, she's, she doesn't know who I am from Adam. So like, she doesn't really care that much. Uh, not that we shouldn't be thoughtful when we're attacking public figures, but it's a little bit different in Ultimate, I think, in large part because of the closeness. But you're right that the spirit of the game relationship does you know, create an environment where there's like a built-in way to vilify
0: somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, overall, I thought it was a, a very fun tournament. I thought we had some, some great individual play. I thought we had some great team play. Uh, you know, and it's still D three, like the level is definitely not at D one. I think, you know, you have the age old question. Could the, could the winning team win a game at D one? Maybe I think Middlebury's got a shot. I don't know if OC would win a game. Maybe they could beat UConn, but that's probably it. Um, but you know what? I, I don't think you need to compare the divisions necessarily in order to enjoy the competition. uh, I think you got to shout out Oklahoma Christian because not only did they repeat, but it's not like they just brought the same team back. You know, I think Middlebury, for the most part, brought the same team back. But OC loses the player that was the linchpin for them in 2021 in Kyle Henke. And they completely overhauled the offense without him there. I mean, and it definitely felt at times in December that it was just like, well, we don't know what to do, so we're going to just get it to Kyle and he's going to do something awesome. Uh, and it worked. But this time around, they had a more dynamic offense, I thought. And they ran through more players. Uh, Elliot Moore was great. Um, Jonathan Costello was great. And I was very impressed, particularly in the final, uh, by Emmanuel Camari, who played some excellent defense, was a plus offensive player. And is going to be around this team for a couple more seasons. Somebody to watch for. Uh, And I think it's very cool to see, you know, the scholarship program bringing somebody from Kenya to play on this team that would never otherwise probably be playing American College Ultimate. Um, And, you know, uh, cool to see a very diverse program having success at the highest level. Uh, It's not just about the players that they brought in uh, as kind of those, quote unquote, hired guns. Uh, OC, a a, a cool story, in my opinion.
1: I do. I do think. I mean, I can't hide from the fact that I think it's a bit rich for, you know, a, a primarily white and upper middle class, if not even wealthier group of people to be criticizing OC for helping pay the way of students who are playing. I mean, a lot of the private universities that are they are competing against have – it, extremely high tuitions, you know. It's I, like, think so,
0: met, it's a, I think somebody looked it up. Saint Olaf's tuition silly. is like sixty five thousand dollars a semester or something. Now I couldn't. Be yeah, semester, so it's a little a
1: year, rich but. to be like, oh, you you have an unfair advantage, <laughs> uh, you know. I so uh, what whatever. Uh, they they went out there on the field and and, and won the game, and uh, yeah, I think Costello and Kamari and more obviously were very important in their previous title run, and Tanky leaving. Created some more room for those players to breathe in a sense. So uh, Kamari, maybe his maybe his role didn't necessarily change that much uh, as as kind of the key to the defense. But I'll be very curious what happens with this with this OC program as as time goes on, how it develops. Will we see perhaps them try and replicate this in the women's division? Uh, will other schools try and replicate this? Like it, it, are, is the school getting something good out of it? Is all this positive press is dominating the Division three? Uh, ultimate scene something that the school is going to feel like worthwhile could we see them try and go d1 like i i've no idea what to expect uh from this story
0: going to be a fun one to follow you can catch up with all of our division three college championships coverage on the website you know at ultiworld.com so let's turn our attention to division one and we are just days away from the start of the event we are three days away from the opening pool play rounds and as always, it's going to be a blast. Um, I guess, Keith, we, we didn't talk about the seeding last show, right? I think we we didn't. I don't think, I think we, we definitely heard about it. just heard about it. I don't know if we talked about it on air. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how deep we need to get on it. I, I think what I'll say is that, uh, you know, every year I do the predicted seedings. It was very close to the predictions uh, this year. A couple of switches here and there. Colorado getting seated ahead of Carlton uh, after beating them. Later in the season and uh, a couple of switches, you know, oftentimes feeling like maybe for regional rematch purposes. Uh, And uh, for the most part, though, this was very much like what you would see the seating wise as in a normal year. I think the big difference is that the, you know, the regional rule was back in place this year that play that teams that finish behind another team at regionals have to be seated behind them at nationals. And Keith's throwing the thumbs down. I mean, in a year with no rankings, although in my mind, they use the rankings, Keith, because if you look at the seating, it follows the rankings. Uh, you kind of have to do that. But what it means is that you have some teams like notably Washington men's who get upset at regionals and then get put into the four seed in a pool. And everyone's like, oh, God, now I have pool of death. Um, and so that's uh, something to keep an, an eye out for here this weekend. So thoughts, Keith, on the seating. And then we can start to dive into the pools and and start to break this tournament down.
1: Well, Washington men's lost a single game, <laughs> just just the one on their USAU record, and they're now four seed. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Make them go prove it. They also almost missed national, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm there. We're going to talk about them, whether it's in the pool preview or uh, whenever we talk about the game. They're going to be coming up. Uh, I, I don't have too much on the seeding. I mean. You look at North Carolina being the three seed in uh, the men's division, and you know th- you understand how they got there, but it is it is almost odd to see uh, and Colorado being the two seed after last nationals uh, in Pittsburgh as well being a one seed in their pool, the four seed in pool D. I mean, it's all intriguing after the way that the uh, 2021 college championships shook out, uh, and and not really any surprises in the in the women's division. I wouldn't say uh, it's lovely though. See the Metro East not in the bottom rung, sitting at 16, City Binghamton. You would love to see it, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but it, it, otherwise, I, I don't think this is a particularly spicy seating year. And in part because, like, I do think that we've got a pretty good handle on how they do seating, so it's it's losing some of its luster, I would say. But uh, maybe that's for the benefit. I'm still I'm still holding out for us to do a draw style, though. You know, like, can we get the teams bucketed and we just draw them out? Like, I think that'd be a lot more fun.
0: I I agree. I think that could be fun. Uh, there's, it, it was fun doing that for the world games when we had, uh, Brian Gissel on to, to, to the, do the pool draw, uh, obviously a much smaller event, but, uh, still fun, but let's take a look at the top seeds at this tournament in the women's division, North Carolina, Colorado, Carlton, UCSB are your one seeds, Washington, UBC, Tufts, Stanford, the two seeds, uh, going snake there back D, DCBA. Uh, In the men's side, Brown, of course, the number one overall seed after an incredible season. Colorado, the two. North Carolina, the three. Pittsburgh, the four. And 2021 finalist, Georgia, will have to face off against Pittsburgh in a very exciting matchup in Pool D as the five seed. Vermont is the six. NC State, the seven. Cal Poly slow, the eight. Um, So, Keith, I think probably we should just go pool by pool here and start to take a look at some of these matchups uh what stands out to you and of course later on in the show we're going to get to our picks as uh, is is tradition so keith you want to start uh, where where do you want to start
1: uh let's let's start in the women's division uh and uh, just quickly addressing the the chat some OP asked about the best pool play matchups to watch at D1, uh, we'll, we'll try and come up with some as we go through these pools. We'll, we'll target the games that we think will be particularly exciting. Also, shout out to, uh, to Matt Kearney, the, uh, the UConn men's team's coach, uh, who is in the chat and will not accept your slander <laughs> of, uh, of
0: UConn. So, all right, cool. Pool A, Keith, women's division. Here it is. North Carolina, Stanford, Georgia, FSU, and Northeastern georgia a very interesting three seed number 12 overall and i know what their season was like but i gotta say keith i think this is a two two seed quality team i think they have a very good realistic chance of beating stanford depending on wind conditions uh no one's going to beat unc in this pool but i i think that the the pre-quarter spots are at least somewhat interesting because you know FSU, Northeastern, actually, I don't actually think it's that interesting. I I think this pool is going to be mostly about who finishes in second. Um, I think Georgia has a real chance to beat Stanford. I think they're much better than a 12 seed suggests.
1: This this pool is surprisingly interesting to me. Uh, I, I... You know, I feel like a broken record when we talk about these pools because they're always shaped the same way, which is another reason to do the frickin' draw. But, uh, you know, 8-12-13-17 is pretty close together, especially 8-12-13. So I always feel like those groups can arrange in any sort of way. And all you ask is the questions about North Carolina. And for North Carolina, I don't know if this is a draw that they really like. I think Stanford is a particularly dangerous team if you're not familiar with them because they're so well coached. They have a clear identity when they play. And so... We've seen them make some runs on on teams before. And Georgia is the team that pushed UNC as tough as anybody in 2021. That is true. So not really an ideal draw. I think Florida State's kind of a scary four seed. I mean, they lost one game all season, and it was to Georgia. They beat a bunch of the teams in the field here. Now, they had one really good tournament. It was the only particularly good tournament that they went to. So they won the games in front of them, but they're they're a little untested. I, I think that's what makes Pool A so interesting is that it feels like all the teams below North Carolina have like kind of a pretty big gap between the ceiling and the floor. Like I could, I could literally see Stanford losing all of their games in pool play. And I could also see them beat, winning this pool. I, I could see a world in which they beat UNC. So I don't know if I necessarily see that ceiling for Georgia and Florida state and Northeastern, but I do see teams that could get into quarterfinals. Uh, I think this is a very intriguing pool because these, these teams have not necessarily been consistent. And so, this the results could really go a lot of different directions. This is a very difficult pool for me to project.
0: I, I will say this about Florida State. This is a very similar team. I mean, basically the same team that we saw in the fall. Now, they went 0 4 in pool play, but they were a live five seed. Okay. They lost by three to Vermont and they lost by one to both UCSD and Chicago. Now, you know, 0 4 in pool play is 0 4 in pool play, but. It could have gone a lot differently. And, you know, UCSD is a great team. Uh, Playing within three of Vermont is a good result. And they've had another six months of playing together. So you're not wrong. That's a tough four seed draw. I don't think it's enough to beat UNC. I don't think any of these teams have enough to beat UNC. I hear what you're telling me about Stanford. Against other teams, yes, I agree with you. But not against UNC. The team's too good. They're too good. They're too deep. They're too talented. There's just no way that Stanford's going to have an answer uh, even if UNC has a tough time with the Stanford defense, they're just too athletic. They're going to outmatch Stanford at like most positions in matchup. I, I I don't really see how it's possible for Stanford to get a win over a team of this caliber. Uh, you know, it's one thing if Stanford won the, the Southwest, but that didn't happen.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I mean, this is the advantage of the one seed, right, this is in theory – You're supposed to get a good draw out of the deal, uh, and that plays into the bracket. North Carolina certainly earned the spot, but uh, this is a very intriguing pool to me uh, along along those lines.
0: Let's go to Pool B. Here it is. Colorado, the one seed. Tufts, the two. UC Davis, Pittsburgh, and Purdue. So last time we saw Colorado, they were looking very sharp at the Northwest Challenge. They end up getting the two seed overall because of uh, their win over Carlton. And, you know, Tufts is a very good team, but I do think this feels like a very winnable pool for Colorado. It, it really feels to me like they have the one test against Tufts. Um, Pittsburgh and Purdue particularly don't feel like they're as threatening of a pair of teams as, for example, Florida State in Northeastern in Pool A.
1: I agree with that. Uh the, I do think it's interesting. This is what is this? Are there four regional champions in one pool?
0: Yes. Which uh, I, you I,
1: don't I, often see that. You don't. I wonder if I wonder how many times we've had five teams that won their region in the same pool. Uh anyway, uh, Tufts Tufts gave Colorado uh, a good game the one time that they played, uh 9-7. Uh so you know, sounds like a wind-affected game. And and Tufts, when they're playing well, I think is as good as pretty much any of these two seeds. Uh, but I agree with you. Yeah, you know, I've been hard on Davis all year. I had high expectations for them, and I feel the same way about Pittsburgh. But I did in the in 2021 as well. So uh, I I I cannot stump for this Pittsburgh team any longer. I got I got to put them in the proven zone. Like I, I just can't can't for them unless they go out there and and do the work on the field. I love the talent on both Davis and Pittsburgh, but we just haven't seen the results to back it up. Uh, so uh, you know I got to feel pretty good about the top seeds in this pool. And you know if one of these teams gets hot. Uh, they, you know, maybe could could do some work in the in the bracket. Uh, shout out to Purdue. You know, uh, I, I we have exchanged our blows on Twitter, <laughs> doubters here at Deep Look. Uh, so I I can't just throw them out and and completely discredit them. Uh, they went out and and won the Great Lakes. Uh, I expected they're going to be a really athletic and energetic team, but it's difficult to show up to your first. Nationals, really, uh, it, it, without a lot of elite club experience to lean on. I mean, it's it's a big ask. And this is not a team that's had a uh, really standout season. So I have trouble envisioning a lot of upsets for them. But uh, I do think they're not going to go quietly.
0: Do you think wh- – what's what's the line on the Tufts-Colorado game, Keith?
1: Uh, Colorado minus two, two and
0: a half. I honestly think I want to take Tufts at two and a half.
1: I, mean, yeah, I think it's they, gonna be they beat a them very by two before. Game. I think you're really high on Colorado. Uh, I think you believe that Colorado. the Colorado that we saw in Northwest Challenge is who that team is, and I'm I'm a little more. Uh, that might be the high end. Like that's that's what you get when they're when they're playing their best. And I don't know that we've seen them handle not playing well. They don't. I feel like they don't win a lot when they're not playing their best, uh, and that makes me nervous because uh, that's not where you want to be as a two seed. But they're going to get a nice test out of Tufts. And I think that'll help prepare them for whatever lies ahead in the bracket. But obviously you're going to want to get the buy by the quarter finals. Co- I mean, it's going to be a big game. If you're talking, ta- if Simone's looking for a game to watch, I think that Tufts Colorado game is uh, perhaps one of the sneaky, most interesting games in, uh, in this pool.
0: They, they played in consolation at Stanford invite nine, seven win for Colorado. So, right. Uh, but Colorado did not play nearly as well at Stanford invite as they did once they had Stacy Gaskell back in the fold at Northwest Challenge. I I still... Well, we'll get to the picks later on. We'll get to the picks later on. Uh, pool C. Here we go. Carlton, UBC, UC San Diego, Virginia, and Colorado State. Fascinating top three in this pool. And as good as Carlton is, I truly think that we could see all those teams go two and one against each other, you know, like in the, in the trio or whatever, one and two, um... And it's it that's going to be a a, a battle uh, between those three teams because UCSD is such a dangerous team underseeded as a three seed. Uh, you know, they phoned it in once they got into nationals. Ava Hannah took herself out because she's dealing with a lingering injury. Perhaps that's reason to be concerned. Uh, UCSD is not a deep team particularly, but they're so good at the top end. You have to have an answer for Hannah. No one's really had that answer. Uh, I think that they're capable of beating teams as good as Carlton and UBC. Can't wait for this pool. Uh, Dan, Dan
1: Youngston in the chat saying that uh, Pool C is the is the pool of death, uh, which very well maybe. I mean, UC San Diego is a terrifying team to see as a three seed. Now they are 0-2 against Carlton this season. Uh, Carlton, in fact, has lost to UBC. So. Uh, there's some drama to be had here. Uh, these teams are, are going to have familiarity with each other, but man, is it's it's just going to be so important how healthy Ava Hanna is. That's true. Uh, she takes on such a big role for UC San Diego, and they're going to need her heroics to get past teams of this quality. There are not going to be a lot of layups uh, to be had in this pool. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't want to uh, hear
0: about how they're they' Oh, they can do it without Ava. They're so deep. no, they're not. They're just not. They don't have a large team. They don't have a super deep bench. And Ava Hanna is probably the best player in college ultimate right now, uh, at least so far this season. And yes, like their fortunes will lie in how she plays. Simple as that.
1: I agree. Her her role on their team is just, is just too big on both sides of the disc. Uh, they don't have a thrower to replace her. They don't have a defender to replace what she does, particularly when they're running zone. So... Uh, I, I, she is like a defining person in in this. Maybe, maybe is is like the most important person in the field. Like, uh, like individually, like it's hard to say. I mean, maybe you maybe you put that on Marie Perivier, I don't know. But in the women's division, yeah, uh,
0: those are the what, two. What, what, what can you say? Yeah. Well, so so Carlton beat UCSD twelve ten in the Stanford Invite final. Very good game, competitive game. Uh, then they beat them again. Uh, later on at uh, Northwest Challenge fifteen ten. Um, I really look at that Stanford invite final as more of kind of the bellwether game. Carlton's the favorite. No question. I think the Carlton is probably going to win this pool, but I do think that those three teams are all capable of beating each other. And, uh, there's not a lot of three seeds that are going to have a shot against the one seed in their pool. But I, I think it's realistic that, that UCSD could get a win against a team as good as Syzygy.
1: I'm looking now at the schedule to see like how these three teams line up with each other. Yep. Uh, You know, Carlton gets UCC San Diego in their last game uh, on Saturday. And in the round prior, or two rounds prior, UCC San Diego and UBC play. uh, Carlton and UBC play on Friday.
0: Carlton's first game of the tournament is against UBC. After UBC gets kind of that warm-up game against Virginia earlier in the day. Great spot for UBC. I think it's an advantage to be playing game two versus an opponent that's playing game one. Say all you want about fatigue. I don't really think that that's a factor in, on day one of the tournament, uh, especially after the long break you get from game one to game two. I think there tends to be jitters in game one. Most teams have jitters. UBC oh, has yeah. to feel good about that scheduling uh, for them because they're gonna get a shot at Carlton when they're 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 in that game one zone.
1: Oh it's so familiar, Charlie, that feeling of being at the college championships and the first half of the first round, you start getting in all these weird scores. Teams that are really good, playing really close with teams that aren't necessarily that good. Yep. Uh, upset alerts and stuff like that. And then the second F, things just tend to even out. But you're right. I, I think teams tend to start really flat. So... Uh, I, I like this draw for UBC. Plus they get to sit back and watch Carlton and UC San Diego duke it out without having to worry about what they need to do in order to position themselves. They just play their games, be done at 10, be done at 1030. They they'll play Colorado state at, at two 30 in that final round, but uh, I don't think they're going to be too worried about that matchup. So it's it, the focus is just going to be on the top of this pool.
0: Going to be fun. All right. Let's Making these picks. is going to be very difficult. <laughs> let's go to pool D uh, UC Santa Barbara, Washington, Vermont, SUNY Binghamton, and William and & Mary. Now, I think we can all agree that UCSB Washington, I mean, as is typical, the 4-5 game is one of the best of the tournament. Uh, that's going to be a classic. Does Vermont have what it takes to challenge either of those teams, Keith? That That is the huge question mark for me in Pool D. Ab-
1: Absolutely, they do. <laughs> I, don- I don't have... It's not really a question to me. I mean, this is a team that went... Double game point with UNC and Washington. Uh, You know, did they get the win? No. Uh, But if you can go toe to toe with UNC, and that was an honest to goodness game, then you've got the goods. Uh, I am through questioning Vermont's ability to be an elite team. Deep in the bracket, yeah, I'll be worried. You know, if they get to semifinals, which I think is is a potential outcome for them, then I'll be worried about the lack of big game experience as a group. But they are, they're, they're a damn good team. And nine is a disservice to them on, on talent. There's no way that I would say they are the ninth most likely team to win a national title or the ninth most talented team in this field. Yeah, I mean, that they get pushed down say. a little
0: bit by the, the loss to Tufts at regionals.
1: Exactly. Now let's, and and let's look that at the score. was a phoned-in game to me.
0: Eight to four was the score of that game, the final. They lose to Tufts. Okay, understand this. The the tournament was extremely windy, extremely mm-hmm. windy. Throw it out. I don't care about that. Show me what happened. the And in it's Northwest a locked-in game.
1: There's there's no there is no both of those teams were locked into nationals at that point. Good that point. Was purely a seating game. Good
0: point. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I take the result. It makes me feel like okay, Tufts. That's a nice result for them. But I don't think it tells me much about this Vermont team. I still think Washington's the class of this pool. UCSB, uh, I, I've been a little bit skeptical overall of the West Coast teams, the California teams for much of the season. Um, they've, they've, maybe I shouldn't be. They've proved it. They've had a lot of good wins. I would not be shocked if we saw the entire Southwest region underperform a little bit where, where their seeds are at. Um, I like Washington to win this pool. I think that Vermont has a very good chance to finish second. Uh, beating UCSB and, and pushing UCSB into that, uh, that difficult three spot for the pre-quarter.
1: Being, being pointed out to me now that uh, Vermont also beat Washington and with challenge. So they split, they split with them and uh, their loss came by one. So uh, Washington's been a team I've been really curious about. I feel like they're going with a, uh, we're just going to flip it on a nationals strategy. Like, where we're, they they ran pretty open lines. I don't feel like they were really getting us, like they were taking time to develop their roles and build up the whole roster. And that could certainly pay off. Uh, you know, they just went through nationals. I imagine they learned a lot from that experience of going uh, to the final in 2021. So I th- that's gotta be informing their strategy here. But I get a little nervous when teams are like, okay, we'll just flip on the switch and, and we'll really tighten up lines and we'll really see what our personnel can do uh, at the last moment. They're going to get a ton of tests in pool play. They'll, you know, they're going to have to lose a couple times in order to get knocked out or anything like that. But they're going to get really tested. Uh, and I, I think Vermont very much can win this pool. And I'm with you that I'm a little skeptical of UCSB, uh, although that, that's not really fair to how they've
0: played this year. No. It's just,
1: I, I just don't know if I can buy and I really like Vermont and Washington.
0: Yeah, so, so do I. I mean, I think that's the bigger thing is that they have tough teams in their pools. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, UCSB dropped a game to UCSD at, at uh, conferences. Uh, they did dominate at the uh, regional championship, but again, UCSD kind of phoned that game in. I mean, they played 13-12 with Davis. Um, they do have the win over Washington at Stanford Invite, but I, I mean, I think it's true. Here's the thing. Washington had the opportunity to play the tight rotations, to get those reps with the top 14 players playing the vast majority of the points four months ago. So then you take the time to work on developing the roster. I don't think it's like one of those situations where we haven't seen what they have, you know, like, Oh, they're just going to turn it on. They're just going to turn it on. Like sometimes you see a team just never be able to turn it on, but we saw them turn it on. We saw them beat Carlton in the semifinal. We saw them prove that. And then they went out and they dominated in the series. Including beating UBC twice comfortably. I, I I hear you. I I don't know that I'm going to pick this team to win a title, but I think they're going to win this pool.
1: They're they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. I don't I don't think anybody is sleeping on them. That's that's for sure. I mean, they may have the the best player of the country on their team. Like uh, like. This is a team that we all know has the ability to win a title. If there's anybody out there who wants to raise your hand and say I don't think Washington Element could win a title, uh, then then go ahead and, and put yourself up there so that we can all laugh at you.
0: <laughs> Cody Mills said skeptical of Southwest women in the fall before nationals two, and they put three teams in quarters. It's a fair. I don't think
1: we're arguing that they can't put. I don't think we're arguing that they can't put three teams in quarters. Well, we're, we're talking about teams that could make semis and win titles
0: here. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, would it surprise you if
1: three three Southwest teams are in quarters right now? I don't think so.
0: Well, I mean, I think you look at the crossovers. You know, depends on how things shake out. You could have some Southwest teams facing off in pre-quarters. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. Like, how does UC Davis do in their pool? Like, if they get some upsets, that's going to be a good sign for the Southwest. Um, we're going to save our picks in the women's division for a little bit later on when we do our pick segment. So let's move on to the men's division and we'll begin with Pool A. Um, actually, before before we move on, Keith, what are your top three games to watch in pool play in the women's division?
1: Top three games. Uh, I mean, I can pretty basically just sit in Pool D, you know, like Pool D and Pool C are, are the place to be, I feel like. I know I, I talked about Colorado Tufts, North Carolina, Stanford. Uh, those are all interesting, but like I got to see how these Pool D matchups shake out probably first and foremost and then I think I gotta say UCSD Carlton. So uh, the matchups was between Washington, UCSB, Washington Vermont, uh, and Vermont UC and Vermont UCSB, and then UCSD Carlton. I know that's four, but I feel like I get a package deal with those uh, with those pool D games.
0: I'm I'm getting reports that I'm having poor internet uh, issues right now. Keith, are you hearing me okay? I hear you great. You sound you sound wonderful, to me, Charlie. It's like music to my ears. Well, I. Uh... Hopefully, it resolves itself. Let me know in the chat if you're having continuing issues uh, with, with my sound and or video. Um, I am definitely dealing with not the best internet at the house here, which is not, it's not a positive sign to have bad internet already uh, with, with a lot of people coming into town. Uh, luckily, this Airbnb will not be our primary location for the championships. Uh, but keep me posted in the chat if you're having trouble hearing me. Um, Okay. So let's move to the men's division. And in the men's division, here are your pools. We'll start with pool A. And uh, it is number one overall seed, Brown, Cal Poly Slow, Texas, Utah State, and William and Mary. I think this pool is a lot of fun. I think that as the draw goes for brown this is not ideal i mean keith you said the same thing about uh unc in the women's division but i think that you know brown having to play against a slow team that's going to have a lot of defensive schemes designed to try to take them out of what they want to do and then a texas team that always seems to give them tough games like that athleticism factor uh not that I think Brown's necessarily going to lose either of those games, but I don't think they're necessarily going to be super comfortable uh, with the matchups. Maybe it won't matter. Maybe that's how good Brown is. Uh, but I, I do think this is a, a fairly interesting pool A as they tend to go.
1: Uh I'm I'm a little cooler on on this pool. I, I slow is slow is a strong team. Uh you know, could they they there's just a fair chance that they're gonna be the best two seed, I think, but uh, I, I, you know, Brown is no stranger to having people target the game plan. Like we're, we're not, no, it's no secret what Brown's doing or who the disc is going to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't think they're going to be that, that easily foiled, uh, by, uh, some, by some smart scheming. And I, I'm, I'm worried about Texas. I'm usually, I usually like, feel like I, I like tough clubs. Like I think, I think that usually I, I buy in and uh, I still love the names on the roster. Like I still think that this is a team with a lot of talent, uh, but I, I just feel like the performance performance level hasn't been there. I mean, maybe I'm putting too much weight on Smoky Mountain, but they had a, a terrible Easterns, uh, and then they got smoked by Colorado in the regional final. So I'm I'm a little worried that Texas is not going to be quite the team I, that we are used to. I would not. I think they're. I think they are ripe for an upset by to a 4-5 and seed that I I think actually might be kind of good, Utah State and William & Mary.
0: Chris Casella, a player for Texas, uh, joined us as a reporter for D3 Nationals. So I had a chance to talk with him about the team. Uh, I mean, keep in mind, Keith, they were brutally injured for large portions of the season, and it sounds like they are getting back to healthy. Now, it can be difficult to get up to 100%. Uh, I I don't know that I think this team is going to challenge for, you know, even maybe beyond quarters uh but they they lost by one to Brown earlier this season so it's not like and 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 that was uh, d- 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 I
1: don't, how much can we make of the wind ball results that their people are playing at Smoky Mountain
0: aside I mean, for that Brown. fair enough good. but like, if you're gonna he, if you're gonna kill them for Smoky Mountain I think you gotta like
1: well that's why I'm mostly talking about Easterns but fair like, fair this, fair. but they, I mean they struggled with
0: yes they lost some games they probably shouldn't have lost but they played Colorado within one I mean, yeah, they have some baffling losses, but I think that, that you can chalk more of that up to injuries than anything else. Now, look, I'm not going to sit out here and try to uh, you know, be a Texas uh, a booster, but I, I do think <laughs> that the, the results against Brown and the historical results against Brown point to Texas being a tougher matchup than, than Brown might like to see. Um, I would be happy to wager that they still win two games in this pool. I think they're going to beat William & Mary, uh, and I think they're going to beat Utah State
1: i I. Well, we should talk because I. Because I, I might be able to take money on that if if you.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I might be able to put some money on on an anti-Texas State. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. But, uh, you know, hey, if we're talking about teams that that aren't healthy, they're they're seated behind slow. You know, like what you don't hear slow complaining, and that team is the most injury snake bitten team I think I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, that that no, t- that's it does sure. seem to strike Texas a lot. And that goes Texas doesn't have this problem. 10 years the team has been <laughs> snake bit by injury.
1: <laughs> someone 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 work on the I think there's staff. a player I mean, on their team that was
0: supposed to be like the greatest player in California history <laughs> and never played a point in an actual game. They're just an apocryphal did, did one of, they're they're like Bigfoot. Everyone's th- like it could have been like, on, somebody been on something.
1: slow like somebody on slow like read the latin words in the necronomicon. Like somebody <laughs> was Somebody was activating the curse, you know.
0: Uh, okay, so uh, does anybody get within two points of Brown in this pool?
1: I mean, yeah, that at zero one when they give no, up the first, you point know what Brown. I mean. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> uh, no, okay. I don't think any final score will be within two. What about three? Yeah, I, I think I think three. I, I feel like somebody could get there.
0: All right, all right. So let's move on to Pool B, Colorado. NC State, Minnesota, Washington, and Washington University. So the the Washington pair at the bottom of the pool. So, yes, you have Dub, a consensus top 10 team, in the four slot uh, behind the mercurial Minnesota, uh, <laughs> a NC State team with a player in Trevor Lynch that could go off at any time and deliver an upset and then a a very good colorado team that underperformed at 2021 nationals very interesting pool
1: what are they like how many how many players who were in our who received votes in our top 25 college players uh voting like how many of them are in this in this pool it's it's a lot uh and you know, even a bunch of top 10 guys with Alex Atkins and Cole Jurek and Trevor Lynch. I mean, there's a lot of star power here, but again, a lot of inconsistency. I mean, NC state, Minnesota, Washington, all of these teams have a track record of mixed performances. Uh, So I, I've, this is to me, what I was saying about pool a in the women's division, that's pool B here. Uh, I think that these teams are alive to upset Colorado but I also can see them. I don't know if I can really see them losing to Wash U, but uh, I can see them struggling in pull play. I mean, uh, NC State, like, how many times have we seen this team shock you with a loss? You're like, I thought they were going to win that game and they found a way to lose it. And that's what NC State, unfortunately, has made themselves known for, uh, despite all their, their much, they're much, they're a very chirpy team too, which I, I can appreciate. Uh, Minnesota, like, who, who feels like you know exactly what you're going to get from Minnesota? Do you, do you feel like that? We've seen them get some really great wins this year. They they're obviously uh, known for being the, the what the the team that, the the only, the, team the, God, the only team to beat Brown the you only team to beat Brown. Yeah, they come within one of Colorado although again. It's Smoky Mountain, but you know they we've also seen them get blown out by Vermont, lose to Northeastern. Like I, you know I don't I don't know exactly what to expect from Minnesota and Washington. Uh, we I don't I don't want to believe in the point about Washington. We know they're a great four seed. So this is a pretty scary pool
0: who's 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 getting out of pool play here? Give me the teams in order.
1: Uh, oh, you want me to do my picks now, huh? No, just, uh, just, to, just
0: for the pool. Just for the pool.
1: Colorado, Washington, Minnesota.
0: Mm. I don't know if I can believe in Minnesota. I think they're going to straight up miss. I think they're going to miss the whole thing. I think it's going to be Colorado, Washington, NC State.
1: I mean, I I'm not I'm not I don't feel that strongly about it. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, I just don't know if I see this Minnesota team having what it takes. They 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 it, it's hard to be a team that plays no defense and goes and succeeds <laughs> in the postseason. Look at the teams in the NBA playoffs right now at the end of the season, right? It's mo- primarily great defensive teams. And the flashy offensive teams are gone. Minnesota, very solid O-line, and non-existent defense. And they barely—I so- mean, yes, they won the region. Yes, they crushed Wisconsin, but they barely got past Carlton. They barely got past Carlton, who then proceeded to lose to, to Wisconsin. I am just not sold on this Minnesota team. Yes, I know they beat Brown. Yes, I know that they have they have in like hypothetical theory— the tools to be a team that can go out and beat a great team because that's what a great O line can do. If your O line is just rock solid and doesn't get broken, you're probably going to win the game. But I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't see it. And they're playing against tough defensive I, teams.
1: I don't. I don't understand how they don't have a better defense because I'm I'm like 98 percent sure that Cole is one of the best defenders in the, in the division. So I don't know what the hell. Why they can't play, get any breaks? Like what is going on? They also after Florida warm up. Have not beaten a team in the field of nationals. They're like zero and five, and then they also got blown out by BYU. Oh no, wait—they beat—they beat Wisconsin at regionals. Sorry, They beat Wisconsin at regionals. But otherwise, their only wins against notable teams are over teams that ended up missing nationals: UMass,
0: Carlton, UCLA. I think that's it. I've been a sold. I've been sold this Minnesota team so many times, and I, I, I'm not going to buy any more stock. I just—I'm. I, it makes I'm me
1: nervous because you've seen them in person enough that that makes me a little that's shaky, a little shaky for me.
0: Um. All right. So let's move on to pool C. I have some I have some fun side questions about the men's draw. Uh, UNC, Vermont, California, Ohio State, Wisconsin. I, I just think the top two teams in this pool are really good and going to finish in that order, and then it's going to be a dog fight for who gets the third spot in pre-quarters.
1: Yeah, I I like believe in Vermont at this point having, I feel like I'm probably a little biased just from watching them in person at regionals. Uh, But I I was skeptical. I think they had every reason to, you know, kind of fold in a situation they hadn't been in before. And that gives me a little belief that despite being kind of a first time outfit in nationals that they can deliver on the big stage, uh, you know, I, I harbor some questions about what's going to happen when they get, you know, another quarterfinal situation or whatnot. Uh, But they gave North Carolina a pretty good run. I think they're excited to go up against them. Uh, I'm, I buy the talent, I uh, buy the athleticism from this team. Uh, and frankly, I'm not super impressed with the teams below in the pool. So uh, I agree with you. I feel like UNC and Vermont are pretty secure positions, and I don't really know what's going to happen below them, uh, except that I don't think – I feel more confident about Wisconsin than Ohio State.
0: I'll say that. That, that you feel like they're going to they outperform Ohio State.
1: Yeah, I've, I feel like Wisconsin like could theoretically finish third in this pool, and I think Ohio.
0: State— Wisconsin is a total wild could. card.
1: I, Ohio State could finish third in the pool via two and one or one and two situations, like with tiebreakers. But I can't see them beating California, or Wisconsin.
0: Let, let, let's talk about what we know about Wisconsin. Okay, this is a this is a blue blood is that program. The, is that the whole
1: joke? It's over. We know, that's all we know? Legendary
0: team. They got the the baby blues. You know the whole deal. They went to Easterns. They did not perform well. They lose to Ohio State. They lose to Michigan. They lose to UNC Wilmington. They get smoked by Brown. They get one win over Virginia Tech. Okay? So, all right. They're a borderline Nationals team. What do we learn to the Regionals? They get smoked by Minnesota. I mean, they just get their doors blown off. 13-6. And then they beat a Carlton team coming off of an emotionally devastating loss when they'd had the disc to win. Okay? Okay. This is a bottom seed team. I don't see, like, sure, they could beat Ohio State. Ohio State's also a bottom seed team. <laughs> These are weak teams. And I I mean, Wisconsin hasn't played much. I give them the benefit of the doubt as a great program over the course of time. But getting losing 13-6 to Minnesota does not give me a lot of confidence in this team. Uh, I really just don't. I don't see it. I mean, yes, they could get that third spot, but frankly, I think Cal is decent and probably this just the whole pool just goes to seed. I,
1: I also think Cal's decent. I think that they're their favorite to finish third. Don't get me wrong. I think it'll be an upset for UCC Diego to, to win some of these games and and or for Wisconsin, excuse me, to, to lose some of these games. And they did lose to Ohio State, although it was by one at, at Eastern. So you know, it was a very close game. Uh, so don't, I I probably shouldn't sell Ohio state totally up the river, but I, I like the talent on this Wisconsin team. Uh, I do still harbor concerns about the way they played at nationals five months ago. Uh, they pretty much laid an egg, got blown out by every good team. They played only the only teams they beat were UC San Diego and Illinois. Uh, so not a great showing for the Hodags. Uh So that, that makes me a little nervous. I just, I really don't, I'm really not buying on Ohio state. Uh, and I think that the ceiling on Wisconsin is is higher.
0: <laughs> Rick in the chat says that Wisconsin of the 2019 U.S. Open freaks. That's a deep cut. That's bold. I like it. Yes. <laughs> what are the What are the odds that Wisconsin upsets Vermont?
1: Uh plus what like
0: seven fifty? I don't think I'd take that, but yeah, it's probably about right. <laughs> Um, okay. Let's move on to pool D Pittsburgh. And now it's going to
1: happen. We just like, yeah, we, we, we just, just, we, we, we just, we just, we sure. just
0: spoke <laughs> it into existence. Pittsburgh, Sorry, Jill. Georgia, Michigan, Auburn and Connecticut. Uh, this is fun. This is a lot of fun. Michigan is a, I feel like is a team that has kind of like stepped up in nationals. Uh, obviously we saw them make that great run in 2021. Uh, you know, you have a Pittsburgh team that's looked really good this season. Georgia feels like an under team at number five because of the really poor performance they had in the middle of their season, even though they've been looking pretty much dominant otherwise. Um, you have a, a kind of a, a fun Auburn program once again. You know, Brett Holzmeier is going to be a problem for people. And then you have UConn. With my apologies to Jimmy baby.
1: If you're going to talk about Brett Holzmeier, you can talk about Jimmy Bernier.
0: I like it. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know exactly what to make of Michigan. They, during the season, like I find that they usually feel like a team that beats the teams they're supposed to and loses to the teams that they're supposed to. And they kind of fulfilled that except with regards to UNC Wilmington to, I don't know, has their number or something. Uh, And I get you know, they beat Vermont, which is, is a pretty solid win. Uh, really deep team. I don't know if they have that takeover player, uh, and it's hard to wash the taste out of your mouth of how their last Nationals run ended, even though overall it should be considered a success. I mean, this is two years in a row that they've showed up at Nationals and won a game they probably weren't supposed to win. Right. So uh, they've got the chops at Nationals to beat somebody, but uh, yeah, there was not a great performance the way their their season ended. But you know, those lumps can teach you a lot. I'm just not sure that I like this team on paper as much as I liked the team from the 2021 season. And they have a tough draw. Uh, Pittsburgh and Georgia it look a little bit better. Although if you want to talk about rough nationals in 2021, you, you got to talk about Pittsburgh, right?
0: <laughs> I, I think uh, we're just – that, that was a weird – They they Pittsburgh is not a program that's built well to be successful in that scenario. Or it's like we're going to integrate a bunch of random people who haven't played with the team in six months. They didn't do well with it. This is a team that wants to build up over the course of a full season. Nick Kaczmarek, coaching program, whole deal, you know. Uh, This is going to – this this team is a a title threat in my opinion. Pittsburgh? Yes. All right.
1: I I mean, I'm not sure that I see the depth there uh, to do that. And I I, I am still worried about the way that they played in 2021. I mean, come on. They had such a stacked roster and did absolutely nothing. Like – that's that's a tough draw. That's a tough way to go.
0: I hear tough you, but look at go. this team. They went to Smoky Mountain and Easterns, and their only losses came to UNC, Brown, and uh, consolation loss to UMass.
1: Yeah, and yeah, they they were they were solid. They're good. Uh, what like a B plus at Florida warm up? Is that is that fair to say?
0: I mean, probably better than that. A minus. I don't know. Like, they were the clearly not as good as Brown and not as good as BYU, but they were probably the next best team there. I, did I lose to UMass? I can't remember now if they lost to UMass. They were supposed to play them in semis. Um, but, you know, look, I, I, I just think Henry Ying is going to be one of the best players of the tournament. That I don't disagree. They have two wins. They're 2-0 against Georgia this season. That has to feel good. You know, they say it's hard to beat a team twice. <laughs> Maybe it's hard to beat a team three it's, times, but you have to like them in the matchup, right?
1: I'm not going to discount those wins. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to discount them.
0: It yeah, sounds like about to discount them, catch, Keith.
1: They did catch Georgia like in that time when Georgia
0: was playing like abysmal. I mean, they beat the Middle Easterns right? too. I don't know what else you want to say. It's like, It's true. Sure. You can erase the Smoky Mountain one if you want. I, I want to even erase
1: it, but I, knock a couple points.
0: Okay. I mean, it sounds to me like you're taking Georgia to win this pool.
1: I think I am. I think I am when it comes down to it.
0: But it sounds to me like you're taking pit, which is going to make for some really interesting stuff. We're going to have to get to stuff. our picks in a little bit. Oh, uh, does does uh, does does Auburn or Connecticut have a fighting chance to get into pre quarters? Uh if back
1: here he's listening, yes. If he's not, then no. <laughs> uh, Auburn. I don't actually. Ha- I feel like I don't really have any justification to like think that they're going to upset one of the teams that are so good above them. Like I don't think they are, you know, a team that can't get any wins at nationals or anything, but they're in a stacked pool and that's going to make it tough. Uh, You know, they did smash Wilmington who's beaten, uh, who's beaten Michigan. So like, you know, the trades in property, there's a shot.
0: So here's a question for you, Keith, of the five seeds, William and Mary, Wash U, Wisconsin, Connecticut. Which team has the best shot to get to pre-quarters and why?
1: Uh, I mean, I feel like I just I made my Wisconsin argument. Uh, I think that they – I mean, William and Mary also, I, I'm not super impressed with the teams above them because I, I'm not a huge believer in, in Texas, and I think Utah State is a little unproven. But – uh, I'm not sure that I really buy William and Mary on paper the way I buy Wisconsin. So I think it's Wisconsin. I think they have the clearest path, Uh, even though Cal is pretty good. I think I I have Cal above Texas. So maybe that maybe that should shake me. Like really, ultimately, Wisconsin's got to beat Cal or hope Ohio State can, and William and Mary might not have that tall task if they can get they can get a win over Utah State and Utah State can get a win over Texas. Like that could be how William and Mary gets in. Pretty close between those two, Uh, but uh, I'm sure. Uh, Joe Mama, our resident WashU fan, would love for us to stump for WashU. I'd love for him to make the case. They have a horrendous. They do pool. have some exciting talent. Horrendous. But that pool, pool is uh, brutal. I mean, brutal, what are you
0: brutal. do? <laughs> there? There's just no. I just. Hey, don't we said see it. we
1: said NT State, Minnesota, and Washington are all shaky. So yeah, you know, that's WashU's in.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You but they like almost
1: have to do it twice? Have things break their way? I don't
0: know. Utah State, just for reference, went uh, one and five at, in December. Uh, did not really play a competitive game against any of the other teams. As I hard think knocks, William maybe. and Mary, School I think William knocks. and Mary's got a g- great chance to beat Utah State. And you know, if you think if what you say is true, and Texas is is not the real deal, sure. I mean, William and Mary already proved a bunch of people wrong by getting the nationals. I just don't know if I see enough in their results to make me feel like they're going to have a chance to get. So who who are you, who are you
1: picking? I I hear you. I hear you making the the okay. So of the four team, remember, seeds, who are you making the bull
0: case for? Uh, the four seeds. I I can't go with Wash U because the pool's too tough. Uh, I I really. I mean, I think it's Wisconsin. I think it's Wisconsin. Okay. How could it not be Wisconsin? <laughs> this is this is a team that has legacy that's been there before. That has a lot of coaching experience. Uh, and that, that they're going up against teams that snuck in or are just, you know, are, are in pools that make it really difficult for me to see how they're going to to get past them. Uh, Cal feels like a somewhat th- susceptible three seed relative to the other teams, Michigan, Minnesota, and Texas.
1: There are good players on this team, too. Like, if they, if they, yeah, of if course, if, oh, if they're healthy, good. you know, they're, they're, but they're players we've seen be successful at college nationals, like, you know, helping drive this team. So uh, I do think that Wisconsin could be a little bit of a sleeper.
0: All right. Uh, So I'm going
1: to take Wisconsin for that question.
0: That's a question I'm going to go back to from uh, Mags in the chat. How, how much is about uh, to to compare how teams did in 2021 and 2022. So like, you know, December nationals versus now where we are now, of course, some of these teams didn't play in the series in the fall for various reasons. Mags asks, how much is about what they've learned in five months Personnel changes, or just different dice getting rolled in other factors that affect how seasons kind of play out.
1: Well, it's different. It, it differs for different teams. You know, uh, for teams that knew that they were going to be losing a lot of people from 2021 to 2022, uh, I imagine that they kind of approached as two different seasons. While teams that probably had a lot of carryover almost were like looking at one season in the same way a club team might look at playing in the national championships and playing in WCCs. Like you're looking for that double peak, uh, which is a really challenging thing to do, especially for college programs that have basically no experience trying to double peak. Uh, but I, my guess is that's kind of, you know, but you have to talk to on a team, by team level to find out who is approaching this kind of like one extended season with the fall as an opportunity to improve your chances for the spring. That's, you know, for example, when I heard that was how Wisconsin was approaching it. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't really know for sure, but, I do think that that's going to be something that you're going to see from teams. I mean, where you see continuity is where I think you can start to look at teams that are learning lessons, uh, where you're seeing that lack of continuity with big changes in personnel is where you start to think, okay, how did this team use this past five months to improve upon themselves from where they were in 2021?
0: I'm going to give you my uh, top pool play matchups, Keith. You ready? Yeah, go for it. goes eyes immediately go to Pittsburgh, Georgia. I think that has the potential to be the best game in pool play. Um, I also really like Colorado-Washington. Washington feels to me like the second-best team in that pool. Um, and then, you know, is there like a 2-3 game that really stands out? I, I definitely like I like both the 7-11 and the 8-12 matchups. Cal Poly Slow versus Texas. NC State versus Minnesota, both very interesting to me. Keith, anything I'm missing?
1: Uh, I like NC State, Washington a lot. Sure. Uh,
0: Any of I'm the matchups with Washington about, are going to be good.
1: Agreed. Uh, and I'm very curious about Vermont and Cal. Uh, and then you know you get the Georgia-Michigan rematch, right? You yep. get the, yep. the 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 drama of that. But uh, I I do agree mostly with with what you're picking. I think I'd take NC State, Washington over uh, Colorado and Washington, though.
0: Keith, uh, we have yet uh, to not. announce the streaming schedule. So why don't we just give it <laughs> right here to those who are who are listening live? They get the early our, scoop our faithful on the streaming schedule. We're doing two games every round. Uh, we'll be stream. ulti will be streaming from Friday all the way through Sunday morning through the quarterfinals, and then of course ESPN will take over for the semifinals uh, and the finals. Looking forward to some great games. And Keith, I don't know if you want to run down. Every game we're doing, or you want to pick out some highlights, or uh, or what you're thinking? As you've now completely blurred into oblivion because of the uh, water bottle. The water consumption. <laughs> well,
1: I, I needed someone to hit me with the hydrate channel points. Uh, shout out to my to my Twitch crew uh, for that. Am I am I going to refocus here? I don't know. Uh, let me let me pull up the let me pull up our our streaming schedule so that uh, I can. This is, this is off the cuff. Live radio here, folks. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know that we need to go over the entire thing. I agree. Let's let's talk about some games that, that are uh, – mostly the games that we already highlighted as our favorite games are going to be on the stream because uh, we get to pick them. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we, we it's not the number one cons- – the only consideration or anything. Uh, but, you know, we start off NC State Washington leading in in the men's division on Friday. That's one of my favorite games. So – uh, I, I don't remember if I'm actually going to get to watch it or if I will be on the other stream, but uh, that's on my list. All pretty much all of those games from uh, Pool D and Pool C in the women's division. So all those top team, top teams. Uh, we have Carlton UBC uh, on here. We've got Vermont and Washington. Got Carlton and UCC Diego. We've got UCC San uh, UC Santa Barbara in Washington. So like that whole group is going to be on live stream. So. Uh, those should all be a lot of fun. And then you get Pitt and UGA. I know you highlighted that game as well.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Um, Colorado versus Minnesota in the men's division uh, should be good. UNC Stanford in women's division, you know.
1: All right, at this point, we're basically it's, it's rare. <laughs>
0: it's uh, fair enough. It's rare that you would stream that you stream a one seed in pool play. It's rare, but I think Stanford is an intriguing enough two seed matchup that that that, it, that it's worthwhile. I will say this. It's, we it's are, not
1: going to be rare anymore now that we are streaming two times. I mean, how many... We're also... You, did you tell people that we're filming two more games? Or I did not to? tell them
0: that. I'm telling uh, them that right now. Two more games also getting f- uh, filmed every round and all 40 teams will either be streamed or filmed during pool play. I think that's the first time this has ever happened. I, I can't be positive about that, but you know, it hasn't been that long since we've been doing two and two streams and, and filmed games. And... The fact is we're planning towards a future where even more games are getting streamed, perhaps not to the extent that we stream kind of the like top feature games, uh, but making more games available live, uh, potentially, you know, without without a lot of bells and whistles. But uh, that's that's coming down the road and uh, look forward to talking with everybody more about that in the future, but should be great. I uh, can't wait for the uh, Keith trying to get his camera back in focus It just won't do it It's just not enough light <laughs> Ghost Keith um,
1: uh, Look it, it, What we're actually trending towards is We're, we're actually going to uh, paywall one of the games And then not show it to you for two days And you have to wait to watch it on some telev- Obscure television channel uh, So that's our, that's our plan <laughs> Marky game You can't watch it till, uh Wednesday or whatever <laughs>
0: you could also have a live crew doing a live show but don't make the don't make it available <laughs> this is amazing i, think, it I works. think i got it i think you got it i think it. i got it <laughs> well done uh, like the, the fact that the AUDL game of, of the week is not available to watch actually live is so wild to me um <laughs> So uh, let's see. We're gonna take some questions from the chat. So now is your time to get your question in. It doesn't matter what it is, how obscure it is. You want to hit us with a betting line. You want to hit us with a uh, biggest upset. Uh, you want to give us your picks. We're gonna get into our picks in just a moment. I'm,
1: um, I'm gonna. I'll go back for some for some questions that we. That oh, we good, have good, missed. good. Like uh, we can will, start with
0: those. Will Auburn break seed uh, from Rick? Will Auburn break seed? So what is Auburn seeded? They come in as the 16. Um, I'm going to take that question as it stands in pool play. Like, if they win some crossover game in, in deep consolation because they miss the bracket, that doesn't really count to me. Uh, I don't think so. unpredictable. I, I just don't think they quite have the horses to beat any of those top three teams in their pool. That's part of the problem with being in pool D because you're the 16 against the 4-5-9. Um, they've got a shot. They've got a shot, I think, against Michigan, but... You know, I I slept on the southeast more than I should have back at the in December. Uh, I, I like what I saw from Auburn at at warm up, but I just don't think they quite have enough discipline to to take down one of these top teams.
1: If if they if they had been in Pool C or Pool A or something, like maybe maybe I'd give them a shot. But yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, although right, we've seen Auburn upset Pitt many many years ago uh, when they were wasn't Pitt the number one overall seed or something that year. Uh, so. We see crazier things, right? Um, Here's another one from from Dan Young. So what team will find an answer to Jock Nissen's blades? Uh, That throw specifically, I don't really know. I feel like everybody thinks the answer is just deny him the disc. They have this like uh, early Mac Hecht impression. Like, oh, if we can just put a lockdown handler defender on him, he's not athletic enough to get the disc. And I, I think that is way underselling the player that Jock Nissen has become over the past couple of years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, He's a really interesting player. Uh, Definitely not your typical center handler, just kind of like moves a rock and like gets the reset. Like he's super dynamic. They obviously put him along with their other top players in dominator a lot. And he's going to play a ton of minutes. Uh, I think, I think you have to try to get him tired uh, and hope that they make throwing mistakes. I I don't know how else you beat this Brown team that they're just so, it's so tough to deal with their one-on-ones and like they have too many good throwers. You can't just throw zone. Maybe if it's really windy, you could get away with that. But, uh, this, they've, they've proven it over and over this season that they're the real deal.
1: I think UNC, UNC is the team that I, that I would look at as having I mean, UNC has been there before they've played against the system. They've got a really smart, well coached team, uh, you know, they, they, everybody talks about Siraj Madaraju, you know, basically one defensive player of the year in in how he played against Brown in that game. So, uh, you know, could he could he pass along some tips? Uh, maybe pass him. I, I think his brother saw an NC State and he's a pretty at, at least at 2021 Nationals, a pretty feisty handler defender himself. I don't know if we we'll can see that matchup, but uh, I don't know if he even gets this and he's, he's not as tall as Siraj, but that, that those are the things you want to look at. And maybe Slow has an answer for it. I don't know.
0: Will, Will wants to know what the line is on William and Mary Texas.
1: Uh, what Texas minus three? That's about right.
0: Between What's, minus two and somebody, a half, minus three and a half. I like three.
1: Somebody had simulated lines uh, today. Oh, well, let me let me pull up. Uh, uh, maybe we'll get ulti- more followers for. Uh, at ultimate data psi, as in the first three letters of science. Uh, let's see what their lines were for this one. Pool A. Uh, they had, and these are simulated, so these aren't betting lines. William and Mary versus Texas. Texas minus 1.4 goals. So that's a really I'd
0: take Texas minus one and a half.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like I would, I would take that. And I like William and Mary against Texas.
0: Uh, Milwaukee weather forecast is looking pretty breezy. Yeah let's actually take Shock. a look at the uh, Milwaukee weather so the, the, the forecast is improved. It was looking like it was going to be kind of rainy but it looks like that's gonna go away. Uh, we're seeing 10 to 13 mile per hour winds on Friday looks like 5 to 10ish on Saturday. Uh, could get windy on Sunday for quarters and uh, particularly the semifinals because the wind's going to pick up in the afternoon to 18 miles per hour uh, and then Monday going to be in the 12 to 15 range so if, if yeah if you know if you think about teams that really seem like fair weather teams that prefer to play games that are not involved with wind don't count on it it was windy during d3 many of the games uh were windy like the finals were there was a Decent throwers wind, maybe a little beyond that. And for semis the, on on Sunday night, it was quite windy. Uh, so how will teams respond to that? You know, that always gives me pause with teams like UNC that seem to always prefer to play in more still conditions because they never get any wind in Chapel Hill. Um, that That's going to be something that could uh, help level the playing field.
1: I'm tired of this, Charlie. It feels like of this 80% of the, of the elite tournaments that we – that we film, like when we go, especially nationals, are freaking windy. Club, Man, college, just always. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. However, go ahead and go ahead and if, if start smashing the buy button on that Stanford stock, because Superfly stock is going to start rising in price a lot if it's going to be windy.
0: And keep in mind, it generally gets windier in the afternoon, so early morning games less likely to have that be a factor. Afternoon, you know, three four o'clock games. We could see the wind really cr- cranking. Um, David asked what top eight seeds do not make quarters so that get there. They, they get knocked out in pre quarters or in pool play. Um, I'm looking at the draw for teams.
1: Man, if it feels harsh to say that UC Santa Barbara could be on that list in the women's division, but their pool does shape up in a way that that kind of sticks. Uh, now, I also think it's very possible they win their pool. So uh, I, I'm, they're not the most likely team to fulfill this prophecy, but...
0: You got to look at the crossovers, you know. You got to think about who are the teams going to be playing in a pre-quarter mm-hmm. if they don't win their pool. Um, I think uh, if Stanford finishes second in their pool, well, then they're going to play, you know, potentially <laughs> Vermont. Uh, but I think I think it's UCSB, Keith. I mean, I think you're right because I think that Washington, and Vermont are both going to beat UCSB. UCSB is going to cross over with oh no, they're going to cross over with Stanford. No, I I would still take UCSB to beat Stanford, same as they have pretty much all season uh, in a in a pre quarter. Maybe if they get Georgia, I don't like that quite as much. But I still think there's right. su- there's such a deeper team than Georgia. Um, it's hard to find a team that I feel like low confidence in, in that top eight. I mean, the, the answer is what if, probably Stanford. It's probably What,
1: what about UBC? If they end up finishing yeah. third in pool C, you know, they, they yeah. might have to cross over yeah. with Tufts.
0: That's true. Or Colorado. Like, if they lose are, to UCSD are... and they cross over with Tufts or Colorado, sure. They could lose that game.
1: I mean, that, that's where I look at is the tough pools where teams might get pushed into the, into the third slot and have to play a strong
0: crossover. Uh, on the men's side, I think, uh, NC State certainly feels susceptible given their pool. Absolutely. Um, you know, is is skepticism about Vermont warranted? I don't think they lose their game to Cal, but I could definitely see them losing their crossover in B. Yeah.
1: I mean, they could play Washington, NC State, Minnesota. Like those are all good teams that I they're, think. They're gonna have a, a
0: very tough pre-quarter.
1: As much as I hate to say it, what about what about slow? I mean, we just talked about Michigan has this history of beating teams that uh that it feels like they shouldn't. And pre-quarters is like basically the place to do it. They could they that matchup could line up or even worse. They could be playing Georgia or Pittsburgh.
0: It's uh, I mean, it's not maybe too shocking to say that the eight seed is the like, likeliest team <laughs> to miss the quarters. Not a long branch to climb out. of, Right. But you know, you're right. I mean, especially with Texas there. And like, if Texas is a little underseated because of the injuries, maybe that's, you know, slow isn't even the second best team in that pool. It's possible, but I really like slow to win that game against Texas. So I think they're going to get the two spot. Um, And I think that then, you know, they have the crossover game. It's going to be a tough crossover game, regardless of what happens in in pool D Georgia, Michigan, Auburn Pitt, any of those teams tough. So there you go. Uh, Let's see. Any other questions? Uh, Give us a prop bet for pool play asks mags. Okay. Keith is the king of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> leave this to Keith.
1: Oh man, that's tough. Uh, I mean, how how deep a dive do you want? You know, like I think you want to keep it a
0: keep it approachable. Point points allowed by the one seeds. Points allowed yeah, I mean, by that's, UNC that's, in both divisions.
1: I think points allowed by the one seed is going to be uh, in uh, is in the game. I shouldn't say going to be. The oh, it's in the a, game. Live. I do think it is a tiebreaker in the game. Um, you know, I, I like sometimes I like state or regional success, like uh, how many games will teams from from the state of California win? Uh, although I guess that pretty much is bang on Southwest right now. Right there. There's not any difference.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right? Not not this tournament.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, something like that. Those, those are fun props to me.
0: How many. So what's your answer to points allowed by the one seeds?
1: Points allowed by the one seeds. Um I would say uh the UNC women, I think will they're gonna blow probably two teams out. I agree. And then play one game where they give up, especially if it's windy, you get you gotta mute this a little bit. So I would say on average, like seven, maybe. So that would what, make it twenty eight. <laughs>
0: I go a little higher than that. I think maybe it's more like. Little- 34, 35, because I think they're going to play oh, a I couple like 15, 10, 15, 11 games. I think I can go blots. up to 30 or 31. But
1: um, And Brown, uh, I pretty much think the same thing. Uh, I think I'd go up a couple points, so maybe like 34. 12, 22,
0: 30. Yeah, it's about right. I think they're going to play closest games against Slow and Texas, and they're going to smash Utah State and William & Mary. I
1: think so. they'll play one close game. Uh, they'll win another by like four or five and then okay, so over un-
0: who, who, who allows more points? Brown men or are or, or UNC women?
1: Brown men or UNC women, who allows more points? Brown.
0: I think I say UNC. But it's close. It's very close. All right. One more question and then we're gonna get to our picks. Is the gap between Pleiades and other teams in the women's division bigger or smaller? than in the fall? Love the question from Will. Uh, I'm going to cop out <laughs> for, for
1: this reason, for this reason, Charlie and worth Ann worth has been spotted back on the field. She's, she's playing again. She's on this roster. Uh, if Ann worth is healthy, it's whole new ball game, baby. Like even if she's at eighty-two percent, then I then I think I I, I is eighty-two percent Ann Worth worth Bridget full full speed Bridget Meisner?
0: No, uh, probably no. not. 82%. So yeah, maybe
1: maybe it's maybe it's closer, but but Ann Worth is. I hear I mean, you.
0: You come can on. put her on the D line, and you don't even have to worry about like big chemistry issue stuff. I actually didn't even realize it had her on the roster. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. Did she play at regionals? No way. We would have known.
1: No, I think I think the f- there was a photo of her. I mean, Dan Young says somewhere in the chat. I'm pretty sure if he's if he's still here, he'll let so us know. But uh, there was a photo of her. Yeah, I do think she played at regionals because I think there was a photo and she had, she
0: tweeted. Wow. Like
1: well, something about being good good to be back.
0: Wow. Wow. Look, uh, I actually think that like yes, it's nice to pick up a player like that. It, hard for me to project how impactful she could be given that she hasn't been playing with the team that much now. Who knows? Maybe she's been at practice for 3 months. Um I think the gap is smaller. That's my just my general answer. Even with Ann Worth back. Even with Ann Worth back, I I just think that what we've seen from UNC this season has showed me that they're a little bit closer than I expected to teams Coming into the year like I thought this team was going to be just like untouchable and yes, they have not lost a game. It's true, but they've got some games where it's been a little close. I mean like Northwest Challenge. They had two one-point wins over Vermont and uh, Colorado like tell me that you thought they were going to play one-point games this year. It's fair and yeah, and a nice pickup, but wind that's a problem. That's the problem. That, that that they lost some key handlers, Keith. I, I think that it is not a foregone conclusion that the team is going to win nationals. Although, well, we'll see when we get to our picks. What what I think? Should we picks, get to picks them? Picks are going to be hard. And yeah, she did play as, as 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 uh, Dan Youngs points out in the in the chat. So Keith, it is time. It is time to make our picks. We're going to begin the women's division. Uh, I think we should just go semis and, and uh, finals. And, you know, if you have some notes on how you get there, we can do that. But I don't want to go through every single pool. It's too much.
1: Agreed. I, I also have to, I, I have to think about the the bracket. That, like in my head, I like to have the actual bracket so I can think about the yeah, matchups. Yeah, you can
0: imagine the, the matchups along the way. And man, is
1: it tough. Man, is it tough this year.
0: Very tough this year.
1: Uh, pool C and Pool D in, in the women's division are just freaking uh, coin coin flips. Like, um, all right, who's going first? Me or you?
0: It's up to you. You you choose who goes first.
1: Uh, all right, you picked a division, so I, so I guess I'll I'll I'll. Go I'm first happy to
0: here. go first. If you don't feel like you're ready, I, I think I'm ready to go.
1: Well, I mean, I'm I, I'm gonna go first for one of the divisions, probably. Right, sir. So, True. <laughs> if you already know who you have, you can go ahead, but.
0: All right, I'm I'm taking
1: North Carolina. That 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 I think is a lock. Okay. Uh, So I think North Carolina, uh, Pool B. I'm gonna take. Let's see if who who's Colorado play, in in quarters if they win Pool B. They they play play an AD
0: crossover.
1: An AD crossover. Well, that that uh, could be you know a tough team.
0: They um, they would get um the two a three d
1: right okay um yeah I'm gonna take North Carolina Colorado Washington and who's who gets the other a d matchup
0: pool C three a two d goes to to the winner of pool C that's right.
1: Oh my gosh! This is the part where I'm, I'm really not sure. That's the, tough sure. One. That's the I, tough one. I, There's like five teams I think could be in this spot, uh, which is crazy, crazy. Uh, UNC, Colorado, Washington, and I can't eliminate Carlton in quarters, can I?
0: They could get Santa Barbara. I they know. Could get Washington.
1: I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Carlton. I feel like a coward, but that's one, two, three, five with this group feels. Like hard to get to, but that's what I'm going to take.
0: I hate to say it, but those are don't exactly se- the teams that I have. No. Yes. Look, I we mean, failed you I told you anything. I was going to fade the Southwest. I'm going to do it. I don't think Santa Barbara is going to get to semis. I think Washington's the best team in pool D. I think Carlton has proven to be a tremendous team. I, I And I think that, you know, they get, let's say, let's say they get UCSB. I think they win that game. I think they win that game. Colorado, I've been high on since early. I picked them to semis like three, four months ago. I'm sticking with it. I think this team's going to semis. And look, UNC is a lock. It's an easy one for the one seed. It's no problem. So, uh, you know, sure, could UBC get it done? Maybe. Could Tufts get it done? Maybe. After that, I don't see any of these teams having a lot of takes. I don't think. I don't think semis goes past the seven seed. I, think, I, think I got, You know, UBC I think has lost really twice live. to Washington. Like, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think we're I think, going to see the I same I think Vermont teams. and
1: UCSD are alive, man. And they were the teams I was considering the most,
0: uh, if I could find out. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's fair. I, I'll give you that. But I just, I don't know if UC San Diego is deep enough to make a semis run at nationals. I, I love the team. I can't wait to watch them on the stream. I think they're super exciting. I think they're fun. But they're just not deep enough to go to semis. And mm. Georgia, same thing. You know, the teams that are reliant on one player like that, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Uh, so I'm taking UNC, Colorado, Carlton, Washington. Keith, who you got the finals?
1: Uh well, I'll I'll go ahead and, and take my UNC.
0: That's that's easy enough. Is it that? Is uh, it so easy to take them just immediately over Washington? I guess Washington is the t- that is tough. I mean, that, UNC no, blew the doors I'm, off in the final. Yeah, I'm taking UNC. I'm okay. I'm not going to question this. I'm taking UNC. <laughs> Uh, I'm just trying to raise doubt in your mind.
1: Yeah, and then I'm, I'm going to take Carlton because I'm a I'm not I don't I I'm, I can't get all the way there with Colorado.
0: I'm taking UNC so we over finally Washington.
1: Finally, get UNC Carlton. Somebody so so long awaited.
0: I'm taking UNC over Washington. Much closer game. I think it's going to be like 15-11, 15-12. Um, this is the big one. This is the big one. Colorado Carlton. What do you? Where do you go? What do you do? They've played once. Colorado got the win. Did they played once or twice. I gotta check. I think they just played the one time at, at Northwest Challenge. Um and you know, look, it was a 15 4 blowout. That's not gonna happen again. Like that that's a weird aberration. Carleton is obviously the team that's supposed to be in this spot to play UNC in the final. But you know what, Keith? Against my better judgment from what I know about this Colorado team from the past, I think they're finally that program. I think that they are that team. I think they have the tools. I think they showed us at Northwest Challenge what they could be. I tell myself every year, don't ignore the results. It is tempting sometimes to ignore the results and to talk yourself into, oh, it didn't mean that much or... Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when we saw Colorado at full strength at Northwest Challenge with Stacy Gaskill playing, what did they do? They kicked everyone's ass except UNC, who they played twice. And the second time in what was essentially, I think it was the final, right? 15-14, mm-hmm. grinder of a game, could have gone either way, coin flip. Tell me why that's not the rematch in the national final. I think it is. I think it's. I think it's destined. I understand you want to see the Carlton UNC matchup. Carlton getting crushed at Northwest Challenge is a, is, a, is a major red flag for me, and it's easy to talk yourself into the narrative about Colorado and ignore the results. And I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take Quandary to make the final rematch of the Northwest Challenge final in the national championship game. Keith, who are you taking in your uh, hypothetical UNC Carlton matchup in the final?
1: Did did anybody else just hear Charlie start that Colorado pick with Oh, well, UNC blew him out. Uh, that well that's not going to happen again. And then later say don't ignore the results. Did, did did anybody else just hear that or was it just me? I that's what I thought I heard, but uh so I'm Set not that saying
0: that Colorado is going to blow Carlton out again. I think it's going to be a close game.
1: No, I'm just, uh, you know, anyway, uh, I, honestly, Charlie, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm having second thoughts, but I do think that this UNC team is a little more fallible. They're fallible. You know, more that I look at it. And, and Anworth, Anworth is to me the missing piece because I feel like they're a little more dependent on their best players than they were in 2021. Uh, you know, I feel like the depth pieces are a little unseasoned on this team. And that's uh, something that I do think is a concern, but I'm still taking them to win this game. Honestly, to me, I think UNC and Washington are the two best teams. I think if UNC can win that semifinal against Washington, they're going to be in a great spot. I do think Carlton and Colorado and honestly, like four other teams are probably good enough to beat UNC. Like I think it's close. The pack is close enough. Uh, So I think I may have overstated the case earlier with like UNC just walking, but I think they're you know it's the power of the one seed. You get a great you get a great draw that way. Uh, I'm still gonna take them to win this game. I still think they're the best team. Uh, I if I had Washington in the other semi, I would have had them in this final, and I I might even consider them. But I'm I'm gonna take UNC. I want
0: to talk myself into Colorado. You should do it. I want to have the, the stones to take Colorado to win the national championship. I just don't. I just <laughs> I just don't. I, I don't think I can do it. I just don't think they can beat UNC in this spot. I think it helps that it's going to be windy potentially. I think that's legitimately use Remember this game, this game happens at 5:30 in the afternoon. Weird. I think weirdness benefits an underdog team. How will UNC handle the spot? The thing is, it's a classic situation, okay? Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be the same thing we saw in the fall. We're going to see Colorado beat Carlton, this incredibly emotional game. You get to the finals. Oh my gosh, we got to the finals. And then they're going to get rolled over by UNC. And it's not that I don't think that they can be a great team. In fact, like my way, way, way too early prediction is that Colorado's got to am I really willing to say they're going to win the title next year? I don't know. You know what? Sure. I'll say it. Colorado's going to win the title in 2023. But they're not going to do it in 2022 because you've got to get there first before you can take that next step. And UNC's been there. They've done that. Yes, there's going to be pressure on UNC. I think UNC could lose. I think they could lose in semifinals. They are not... When we came into the year, I was like, this team is an all-time legend team. But that's when we thought that they had two of the best college players in the division coming back at the start of the year and playing with the team the whole time. Instead, one of those players never materialized, and Anworth is only now coming back after injury. I'm, I, I'm just hesitant to say that, that she's going to be the difference maker um, that like carries them to just like total crushing of everybody. But at the end of the day, they have the benefits of being the one seed. They're going to get an easy quarterfinal. I think that they're going to win their semifinal because I think it's a good matchup for them against Washington. And I think they beat Colorado because Colorado hasn't been there before. So that's a long way of saying I'm taking the chalk. I'm taking Pleiades. This is still the best team in the country. They haven't lost a game yet this year. But I won't be shocked if Colorado knocks them off.
1: It's it's wild to think about the fact that these teams are not even – their final form, so to speak. I mean, your UNC could have had Karen Earhart. That's what I'm saying. Colorado could have, uh, you know, two more outstanding players that Mm -hmm. uh, have been lost to, to ACL injuries. Like, I mean, I've, I've been a stand for Bailey Shigley on this program before. And then, you know, Addict sky Fernandez, like these are teams that are incomplete and they're still this good. Uh, so, just, just worthy of note, but I, I am shocked that we ended up at the same picks, more or less. Like obviously, the Colorado Carlton thing differs, but I'm pretty surprised because I can see a lot of alternative paths available, and I, you may too. Like it may not be descriptive of the fact of like that we think that these are these teams are like really likely to achieve this.
0: I just think like the, the comp, it, we get more data this year because of fall nationals, which which makes me actually have a little more conviction than typically I do. Um, you know, Colorado is, feels like definitely more of a question mark there, uh, but you know we know Washington and Carlton and UNC are good. And yes, the teams have changed somewhat, but we also have the full season of spring data. So I don't know. I I actually feel I feel more confident in the women's division than I do in the men's. And I, you know, maybe I'm short selling the Southwest teams. That's that's if if I'm going to go wrong, it's going to be because of that. It's going to be UCSB or UCSD or Davis or Stanford or multiple of those teams throwing wrenches could happen. And the wind is an interesting factor. Um, But let's go to the men's division. I'll start here with my semis picks. I'm taking Brown it's mm-hmm. a, it's a great situation now who will they who will they get they'll get the they will get the 2B3C crossover so that's like nc state cal would be chalk you know it could be minnesota could be washington i don't know i just still whoever they get i just don't see them losing in quarters uh i think colorado is going to have a bounce back tournament here after a really disappointing 2021 uh, championship you know they, they're gonna have learned from that and they've really shown that they're an elite team this whole season you know they have the one loss by one point to brown that's it uh and they you know have just mostly crushed teams along the way um just really like the team i i thought they were gonna do better in the 2021 i think that they're they're gonna be there this year unc so they're gonna get the two what are they gonna get? One C plays two D three A. Two D three A. So that could be like uh Georgia or Pittsburgh, probably would be my would be my guess. Um I am not sold on this dark side team. Do I think that Georgia or Pitt could beat them? Hmm. I do. I think it's possible. The wind makes it interesting. Do either of those teams have the depth to beat UNC? Oh God. This is tough. This is tough. I think I just think I think Liam Cyrils Bose is going to do enough. So I'm taking Brown, I'm taking Colorado, I'm taking UNC in a very tight game. And really the question for me comes down to who is going to win pool D. That is the key question to ask if whoever wins it i think gets to semis let's see who plays who plays the 1d team it's 2c 3b 2c that could be vermont 3b maybe maybe nc state maybe minnesota um gosh this one feels tough i mean it's similar in the women's division do I think that it's possible for Vermont to be that team? Could they do it?
1: <laughs>
0: I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. I'm gonna take the top four seeds, and I really like Georgia. Wow. But I just think, I think, I think Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's is legit. Legit The defense, Keith, is real.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you got Henry Ing, Miles Cooper. There's, there's definitely some strong defenders on that team.
0: Uh, I know they, you're they not got picking a dog Pittsburgh. in them. They got that dog in them for sure.
1: Which is like not always what I think of. It's, of
0: it's been, it's been a transformation for this team. I'm sorry, I dragged those picks out for so long. Very tough. No, um, it, it's, fine, I, it's so fine. for me to end up taking the top four seeds, but I, I think that UNC. Is very susceptible to losing in quarters this year.
1: Well, Charlie, that I'm I'm wrestling with mostly the same same problems. Uh I've got Brown, Colorado, and UNC all winning their pools. Uh although I I, I toyed with Washington winning pool B. Uh and then yeah, it comes down to pool D. And it comes down to that four-five to be Georgia and Pitt. And Think I mean I've gone back and forth. I think I can. I think if Georgia doesn't win the pool, I like kind of like them against UNC in quarters. Yes,
0: yes, exactly. But if they
1: do win the pool, I don't really like Pittsburgh against UNC. I think I'm going to take Georgia to win the pool, and so I'm going to take those four teams to semifinals.
0: The one, two, three, five, same as in the women's division.
1: Yeah. I think that's where I'm going to land here.
0: All right. Wow. So we both. How deep does the semifinalist conversation go in the men's division? Let's exclude Washington how, from the conversation, because if you if you want to say there are semi's potential team, sure. But like that's because of a weird seating thing.
1: Um, how many teams could I really see making semifinals? Uh, man, can I write off Michigan? I, I feel like I can't.
0: Like, I I'm writing off Michigan.
1: I guess Brown. So Brown, Colorado, UNC, Pitt, Georgia. Is that it? Uh, Washington and slow. I think those are the teams I think could make semis. I think Vermont and NC State are talented enough to make semifinals. I can't.
0: I, I, can't I gotta pick see NC State. Never. I gotta see.
1: Legitimate yeah, at Nationals. I gotta see NC State do it. Yeah. Before, yeah. I, I need I need some proof for both of
0: them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: but I, I think the talent level is there.
0: All right. Let's get to the semi. So let's get to our finals picks. Um. So my matchups are going to obviously be Brown, Pittsburgh, and Colorado, UNC. Uh, Pittsburgh makes a great run. They just can't hang with you. They can't hang with Brown. They just can't hang with Brown. Watched it happen. Watched it play out at warm up. They don't have it. They're good. I don't think they have an answer for Brown's offense. I think Brown's defense is disruptive enough that they're going to get plenty of turns. They're going to convert the breaks and it's going to be like a 15, 11 game. That's never really in doubt. Um, so I'm taking Brown to the final. And then we have this Colorado UNC game, which to me is the big question mark. Um, you know, i obviously UNC took care of Colorado uh, a few months ago. That was a different team. That was a different team. I like Colorado here. I like Colorado here this year. Um, and it's interesting that I say that because I think like when I was sort of just like generally thinking about it before I was looking at the matchups and thinking more closely about the pools and the the situation, I was like, oh, I think UNC could win this year. But the more I look, the more I think about it, the more I look at the, the way the team has played this season, the more I think about the fact that it's going to be windy, that they're missing, you know, the, it just feels like they're missing a piece or two. They're too reliant on a couple players who are just sort of closer to like average level starting elite players um, as opposed to being that next tier, like an LSB type. Could Liam Searles Bowes pull it off and like put the team on his back? Sure. But I think Colorado is just a deeper team with more top end talent. And I think it's going to come through in the end and they're going to get to a final. Um, and we're gonna get the the top two seeds facing off once again. So I've got Brown of Colorado. i uh,
1: I got the same thing.
0: Wow. Uh, too much consensus in this in this uh in these picks.
1: Yeah, so maybe we spend too much time talking to each other, man. Um, I, I I'm like really considering Georgia over Brown. <laughs> like really thinking about it, but just like Brown team's a freaking machine, man. It's just, just all comers. Everybody knows what they're going to get. They go out there. They're like, all right, we've, we've strategized. We know the game plan. And Brown goes out and does their thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel like UNC is the best foil to them. I feel like UNC has got the best like understanding of the Brown system. Uh, but I I don't see UNC getting that shot. I I think i take Colorado to beat a UNC team that L- LSB is electrifying but I just don't buy the supporting cast of this UNC team nope. in the way I have in past years. Uh, this is I not think, the team we saw in the fall. A, yeah, I think we're going to a big, big tournament from Ben Dameron, but like I just, uh, you know, we're used to this team like the sixth best player on this team. It's like an elite club level player. That's just yep. not the case now.
0: Nope. You know? It's a college team. So,
1: yeah, this is a good college team, and I think Colorado might be a better college team. So I'm going to take Colorado to win this one.
0: All right, Keith. So we got Brown versus Colorado rematch from Smoky Mountain. I have been a little bit skeptical of this Brown team all season.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: And you know, all the way back to when I watched them play at warm up, and look, they've been incredibly impressive. I mean, what did what Mars to say? I mean, more or less had an undefeated season. I know they lost in Minnesota, but like, whatever. I, like, I. I I can't remember exactly when Randolph went out with the injury, but I think it was in that game. Um, And it was game one of the season. I don't think anybody really thinks that that's all that meaningful. Brown has then continued on to play the toughest tournaments, pass the toughest tests, and prove it over and over again. They've obviously also won a title in 2019. Some of the players from that team are still on this team. They know what it takes. They were tough, they were tough out in the fall. And I just think that they are susceptible to a dogged defensive team like Colorado that I think has superior depth to Brown. And I just I don't know that I believe Brown can go all the way through the bracket, pool play, bracket, four-day tournament at Nationals and maintain the energy necessary with their offensive system to continue to succeed against the toughest teams on the toughest tests. Like you say, you're thinking about Georgia over Brown. I don't think that's crazy. Brown runs a tighter rotation than a lot of teams. They have some fantastic players, no doubt. They have a system that I think is well built to work great in the regular season. Do they have a Mac Hecht this time around? Mac Hecht was the player of the year. He was the he was the best thrower at the tournament. He was unbelievable. Do you really believe Jacques Nissen is that guy? Do you deep in your heart believe that he is that guy? <laughs> He's good. He's really good. He's a great player. I, I'm picking this team to make the finals. But I don't believe that he's that guy. I think Colorado has they learn from what happened in the fall. They're super deep. They may not have a player that's quite at the top tier level of a John Randolph. And again, like he could be the X factor that changes this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say you're talking you're over here talking about a Shock Nissan. If only they had, you know, a the dist- number one ranked player in college. I if understand.
0: Only. I understand. But having a great thrower. Like, Randolph was unbelievable when they won in 2019. What do you have, like 10 goals in semis or something? He was incredible. But the reason that they won the tournament was Mac Hecht. The guy was throwing darts from 65 yards, flat-footed hucks. I think that they're a great team. I just don't think that they have enough in the tank. At the end of this road, at the end of this tournament... To get past a deeper team in Colorado. And I'm taking Mama Bird to get back on top for the first time in gosh, who knows how long. It's been a long time since they've won a turn the, the, the national championship.
1: I'm I'm sure chat will, will provide. Uh I'm I am I'm a little surprised. I was like trying to talk myself into taking Colorado. I do think we're gonna get a great game from this final. But I got to take Brown. You know, like you're you're questioning Nissen's bona fides as a handler when we've seen him be very successful in windy conditions. But also, who's who 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 is the thrower who's carrying these other teams past Brown? I mean, this guy is arguably been the most impactful player in the division this season. Pure no as a basically a pure handler. And, you know, I'm struggling to think of, like, who would I rather have in the entire men's division picking up the disc in a big game where I needed a thrower? You know what I mean? Like, they, they, there isn't a better replacement for him, necessarily. Uh, I don't know if it's Alex Atkins. I don't know if it's LSB. I don't know if it's Taden austin Uh, You know, I don't know if it's, who else do what were we talking about? Uh, you know, whoever you want to name, like there's there's Henry Ing. You know, like are any of those guys like clearly better throwers than Jock? Listen, I just don't know if I see that. So I see. I don't even right have here. to
0: argue with you here. I don't need to. Feel, I don't feel that I need to argue with you that there's a better option for Brown at that position. Jock is like, a great if, player. If the
1: argument is Brown doesn't have a good enough
0: handler. That- who does? But the the way that Brown plays is predicated on extremely high difficulty throws in isolation situations where you have to hit it every time. And they've done it all season. I got to give them credit for that. But not every team runs a system that is demanding as much of their top three players on the field as Browns. And I just don't think that Jacques Nissen is Mac Hecht. I think Mac Hecht has proven not only at college, but now at the club level, that he can be that guy. I don't think Jacques Nissen has. And that's not to say that he's not a great player. I'm not sitting here trying to make this about right, Jacques Nissen. I, you the could say he's the not, win the title, also, not the offensive right. structure. Offensive structure is so demanding on their top level guys that I just don't know that it can work for 4 days straight. And if it's going to be windy, you're going to need to have that like accuracy be there the entire time. I'm not sure that I see it. And Randolph can't Here's, step into that role. I don't think it, I don't think he's that guy. As a thrower. Here's, here's, the, counter, here's, the, here's the counterpoint Go. Uh, for,
1: you know, that, that that they have a system that's really demanding. I agree. But they could not be in a better position to be that team. They're going to be in a pool where we think they're going to be able to blow teams out. If it's windy, they're going to do what they've always done, which is send out that D2 line with one of the guys with either John Randolph or Jack Nissen, uh out there with them. And... They're going to get a bunch of breaks that way while everybody else rests. Uh, they're going to be give you in the power that. position as the one seed. And they are strong in the wind because they do this well. They're, I, I, I'm i not sure I've ever seen a team that like toes the line between how, mu- how to like sub your lines better than this Brown team does. Like this coaching staff has that down to a science, it feels like. So I feel like that's actually going to play into their hand because – they're so good at getting this grind team out there that just like basically eats up innings while the other dudes rest so that they can do the demanding thing. And I think that this is a team that's so well-practiced in carrying this load that they're going to be prepared to do the heavy lifting down the line. It's this true. A team they've been, they've been
0: there since day one. It hasn't, clear, been a, it hasn't been a this team. This is a team with two
1: clear yeah. top 10 players yes. with like two or three – high, high level. If you even want to call like, do you call Dylan Villeneuve a, a role player? Like kind of, but like only because he, he plays his particular one role at doing his role. Yes. And, and they have a great system. Like all, of, all of that is championship material to me. Also, can I just like, can I get excited about the prospect of watching all of the length of D- Dylan Villeneuve go against all of the length of Alex Atkins? Like that is a lot of gangle. In one <laughs> up. Uh it's a Spider-Man meme situation. I'm happy to see those two go up against each other. But uh I gotta take Brown. I mean, I just the whole recipe is there for me.
0: I, I hear you. I hear you. I think I they're 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 a great team. But I've been saying it all season and I'm standing by it. I don't know that the system is going to be there for them through Now I give you this the one seed point, it's a great point. Fully concede. They may have some games where they don't even have to play their top guys that much because the D line is going to be getting so many breaks. <coughs> <coughs> but I still think it's going to be demanding. You got to take over for me for a second. Something stuck <laughs> in my throat.
1: I, I I get it. I think this is a talented field. Uh, I, I'm. This is an exciting Nationals. I mean, there does not feel like, like Brown. I think probably feels like a. Who do you think is a bigger favorite, Brown or, or UNC? Uh, obviously, I guess I shouldn't even ask. You just said UNC women's winning and Brown not, but uh,
0: uh, but who's the bigger favorite? To the public I mean,
1: in the public market, who's a bigger favorite to win the title?
0: I still think it's UNC women.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've got a, pr- but even then, we think that they're fallible. Like I think this is a pretty exciting field on both sides. And I don't feel like I know you feel like we have more information, so we can we can draw on better, certainly better than we could in twenty twenty one, where we had no regular season and we weren't even sure who the hell was going to be playing on these teams. Twenty twenty one was was a was chaos as far as like trying to make a plan. But uh, uh, for all the years that we've been doing this, like it doesn't always feel this wide open.
0: Yeah, I mean, I look, I, I think it's going to be a tremendous tournament, regardless of who wins. I, I think you know if Brown and Colorado play, if they're game at Smoky Mountains any indication it's gonna be an incredible battle. Um the Mombird, you know, defense had a chance to win the game and they lost on Universe. I mean, look, I, I think it could go down that same way. But I again I just want to reiterate I think that the depth of Colorado is the difference maker I'm not I'm not even skeptical of like anything about Brown really. I think that they they run the system that they do extremely effectively. John Randolph's unbelievable. Like if you want a reason to pick Brown, I think it's actually pretty simple. I think you say, "Well, John Randolph's going to be the best player on the field and that's going to be the reason they win." And that's a pretty good reason. That's, that's that's a reason a lot of college nationals teams win the national championship because they have the best player in the game. But, like, Alex Atkins, he's got a chance to be that guy in a one-game situation. And they have all this depth. I just think it's going to be a tremendous matchup. I just think that the system of Brown is going to require too much. It requires too much finesse and accuracy at the end of a long tournament in order for them to get past what I believe is a deeper team. And that's why I'm taking Colorado. So we, we have a major point of disagreement, even though our semis are very close, Keith.
1: <laughs> I mean, we have, we have one in each division where it's like we have, we have some conviction behind it. All right. We're, we're at the incredible two-hour mark. Now it really is like a old, old live, live nationals show.
0: <laughs> and we still have to do our game picks. Oh, I think we're going to do our game picks for subscribers. Okay. So if you want to hear our hashtag, the game picks, you're going to have to bounce over into our uh, subscriber only segment out the back as we've now dubbed it. Uh, and we will look forward to seeing you over there for that conversation. You can become a subscriber for less than $4 a month at ultiworld.com slash subscribe. want to say thank you so much for everybody for tuning in on this live show. You know, it's live because I'm having a coughing fit that makes the show. Um, <laughs> And uh, we appreciate everybody's uh, continued support. Can't wait for the tournament. It begins Friday. Wall-to-wall coverage coming on Ultiworld.com with our on-the-ground reporting team. Multiple live streams per round. Uh, filmed games. We're going to try to turn around as many filmed games as we possibly can uh, during you know the day of the uh, of the games. So we'll see what we're what we're capable of. We have an on-the-ground editor who's f- going to be solely focused on on editing those games, getting them turned around. So. Thanks so much for tuning in. For Keith Rayner, I'm Charlie Eisenhood saying so long, and we'll talk to you this weekend at the Division I College Championships.